0: Hey, it's good to see you today. Welcome to our Tuesday edition of our Journey Through Scripture. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin. Hope that you had a good weekend, and I hope that you've either gone and voted or planning on going and voting. Big day, election day, and so that's always always a, a, a fun time. You get to get a fun little sticker and all kinds of stuff, so hope that uh, your day is going well. Um, we are looking into uh, the... Uh, book of Chronicles. Now you may say, well, I thought we've read nearly everything from the book of Chronicles, and you would be correct, but we have not read the first nine chapters of Chronicles. So today, I want you to kind of skim through, I know because it's mainly genealogies, the first nine chapters of uh, First Chronicles. Um, The reason we're doing this, again, is because we're going chronologically. Um, The uh, Chronicles... Uh, you know, cor- correlates or corresponds, if you will, with uh, Kings, First and Second Kings. First and Second Kings was written a lot earlier. Chronicles was a- written later. In fact, it was probably written around this time. Remember, we uh, last uh, Thursday we talked about how the temple is being rebuilt now and has been rebuilt. Um, so the people have come back from exile, rebuilt the temple. Um, things are starting to get get, uh, get rebooted if you will and so the chroniclers um, were were very very much um, uh, influenced by the levites the priests uh, the priestly line and they they were basically trying to get the people going again and so one of the first things that they would have done is they would have Written down all of these genealogies. Remember, the people have gone through a lot. You know, you go all the way back to the time of Abraham, um, uh, Isaac, Jacob, and then you get to the kings, and then you have the splitting of the kingdoms, um, all kinds of things. And so, what these genealogies, one of the things as you read through them, and again, I know you're just going to skim because trying to pronounce these words it would take you forever, right? You'd use your hooked-on phonics uh, <laughs> continuously trying to sound out uh, these, these names. Uh, but the main emphasis that is being uh, placed here is how, okay, these people have gone into exile, but now they have returned to the temple. And look, remember how we, the, the promises of God, um, how it, we can trace that all the way back to, uh, to Adam, uh, how, from Adam to Abraham, to, uh, to through Moses, through the kings, through King David, um, and now all the way up to this point, even though we've gone into exile, now we are back and God has been faithful and uh, the, the lineage is still there and is still strong. Um, most people think that the these lineages were kind of written down with that purpose, kind of reorganizing, right? Making sure where everybody is, and then the writer of Chronicles uh, actually included those lineages, and then made sure to add uh, all of the previous lineages to kind of share with the people: this is your history. Look at how you were connected in the past, and how you're. Uh, um, so that that is what gives you your identity now. And as we move forward now with this second temple. So as, as you start reading, you can see how it starts with uh, Adam uh, in chapter one. And by the end of chapter one, you have uh, Abraham um, and then Isaac uh, and Ishmael. Um, then it, it goes through the family of, of Ishmael, uh, then the family of Isaac. You have Esau and, and, and Israel um, remember, uh, Israel is his original name was Jacob, but his name was changed to uh, Israel, the one who struggles with God. That's what Israel means is this struggle with God, r- wrestling with God. Remember when Jacob was wrestling with God. Um, so you see that um, there. You, you have uh, the, uh, the next to the family of Sarah and the kings of Edom are kind of on Esau's line. So you see them come. This was a common thing to have these lists of kings and genealogies in this, uh, in this time period. Um, you see that with the Assyrian kings. We, they found some ancient um, uh, documents and things like that that have the, the lineage of the kings, the line of kings. Um, so we're, we, we kind of see that um, uh, here within this genealogy. Then uh, chapter 2, the family of Israel. It uh, goes through uh, all of the, the twelve sons of, uh, of of Jacob, the twelve sons of Israel. Remember, there's twelve tribes. Uh, so it starts from Judah because Judah is uh, the the line that David is going to come from, and ultimately that Jesus will come from. Um, so you have uh, have uh, the lineage there. Then just keeps going to the different uh, different sons. Then in uh, chapter three. You have uh, you have uh, the family of David. Um, actually, it hadn't even gone to the different sons. It's just this, the Judah there for the rest of chapter 2. Chapter 3 goes into the line of David. One thing that really jumped out to me after uh, going through this, you look at how many children David had, um, and basically how many illegitimate. They were from concubines and all kinds of stuff. This clearly... Was not what God desired. Uh, but remember, David is a faithful follower of God, but he was even able to be influenced uh, by the cultural practices. Excuse me. <coughs> he was able to be, or he was influenced by the cultural practices of the day of having multiple wives, of concubines, things like that. All of those children are listed in the genealogy. They are all important. Um, but uh, it does reveal um, how God works through this this flawed group of people and which is a good thing because hopefully he can work through us and we are certainly flawed groups of people um, you continue on you see the family of Solomon um, then chapter 4 the family of Judah so now we're going to see the 12 uh, brothers and their families. Um, the chapter 4 verse 9 is uh, one that you may, recognized there was a whole little book written on this called The Prayer of Jabez. Uh, uh, verse 9 of chapter 4 says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mothers called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the, name, on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. You know, you could get, I think it probably goes a a little too far um, to write a whole uh, book on these few lines, Um, but there's definitely something that we can learn from them. I mean, that it is uh, an important aspect, but we don't know much about this situation. What we do know is that this uh, was a difficult childbirth and caused lots of pain, um, and many times you know the names were given and it was kind of a precursor of what was to come and um, you know and it, it kind of laid out in a sense oh well this is probably the path that this person is going to take and the name was very important well Jabez he didn't want to be associated with pain and that's that's not what he wanted he he wanted to overcome his beginning he wanted to overcome what happened that was beyond his control um, and and so he prays. He says uh, that you would bless me, right? So he's asking for God's blessing. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, he's uh, asking God to uh, enlarge his territory. Um, you know that that he would be successful. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. But he also asks that your hand would be with me. What does that mean? He's asking for God to guide him. Uh, for God to uh, to kind of uh, show him the way that he should go, um, which by asking that you're also reminding yourself that you have to then follow where God goes. Um, you know, so this isn't this isn't just saying, "Oh, bless me, God, give me what I want." Um, and so, in, you know, but I don't, I really don't want to have anything in return. No, he's recognizing he wants to be blessed. He wants his territory enlarged, but he also wants. Uh, to be able to follow God, uh, and he is, he's putting his trust in God, um, and that you would keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. Right? So he's, he's recognizing his flaw. He's recognizing that he can do evil, but he wants uh, desires for God to keep him from evil and keep him from doing evil. Um, so he's, it's a, uh, he's dedicating his life to the Lord as well as asking the Lord to bless him um, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. I, I don't think the main focus should be uh, just the blessing because so often we just we think of that from a materialistic point of view. Uh, the blessing that God does is not always material. Um, it is in fact, the, the greatest blessings of God are, uh, are immaterial things. Um, but the most important part is that uh, of, of this, I believe is that Jabez is asking God, uh, to guide him, to keep him from evil, um, so that he will be blessed and his territory can be enlarged. Uh, I also think just kind of a, a side thought is, you know, you're, you're never defined by your childhood, by what happened to you as a child. Is it part of who you are? Yes. But if you had a wonderful childhood, um, you know, you, you, you have a responsibility to take advantage of that. If you had a horrible childhood, you can overcome that. You don't have to be defined uh, by uh, your, your childhood and those things that you have no control over. Uh, you continue on. You just see the different genealogies. Chapter 5, the family of Reuben. I thought this was a good reminder. It says, now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, uh, he was indeed the firstborn, but because he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph. Uh, the son of Israel, so that his genealogy is not listed according to the birthright. So Reuben was actually the oldest son, but remember he uh, he slept with one of his uh, father's concubines. Not a good thing to do. Not a good thing to have a concubine, and then not a good thing to sleep with your father's concubine. Um, you know, and, and it, it's interesting the. One of the the, the laws uh, at that time that could have happened is that he could have been killed for doing that. Um, he was shown mercy, but he paid a high price um, as he suffered in his birthright. Um, you continue on, you see the uh, family of Manasseh, that's Joseph's uh, son. Um, uh, chapter six, you have the Levites. Um, the Levites um, were the priestly uh, where the priest came from. So there's a, a little bit more of an emphasis on them because the priests are writing this. Um, you see the family of Aaron there in chapter, in verse 49 of chapter uh, six, um, the, the dwelling of the Levites, where they, where they dwell, uh, the places that they were given. Um, then you continue on, chapter seven, the, the families of, of the sons, um, family of uh, Asher at the end of chapter 7. Uh, then in chapter 8, you have uh, the king Saul um, and the, the tribe of Benjamin. Um, chapter 9 then goes uh, more in, it says, it starts off, says, So all of Israel was recorded by genealogies, and indeed they were inscribed in the book of the kings of Israel. But Judah was carried away captive to Babylon because of their unfaithfulness. And the first inhabitants who dwelt in their possessions in their cities were Israelites, priests, Levites, um, and Nethanine. Now, again, that's kind of a, uh, a remembrance of how everyone is coming back um, you know, to this, to this uh, place again, back uh, reconstituting uh, the, the people of Israel. One thing I forgot to, to mention that I thought was interesting, in chapter 5, the end of chapter 5, Uh, Verse 25, uh, talking about um, the tribe of Manasseh, who was east of the Jordan River, says, "...and they were unfaithful to the god of their fathers, and played the harlot after the gods of the people of the land, whom God had destroyed before them. So the god of Israel stirred up the spirit of Pul, king of Assyria, uh, that is uh, Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria." Um, he carried the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh into captivity. Uh, he took them to Halal, Habar, Hara, and the river of Gozon to this day. Um, now, what's interesting to that is it says the pool, the king of Assyria. Now, people question that because there was no pool king of Assyria. Um, and you know, so there was, there was some historical de- debate here. Well, interesting. And through archaeology, they found some pottery or some things like that that actually revealed that "Pool" was a nickname for the king of Assyria, uh, the Tigris guy. Um, That was a nickname for him. Um, So it it's just interesting. This kind of shows the the historical uh, accuracy uh, of the Bible. Um, It. It, it was based in, on real events. These things really did happen. So uh, as we get into chapter 9, you can read through that. Again, it kind of focuses on the priests and the Levites, things that we have talked about before, the different roles that they played, the gatekeepers, um, You know that they had a very important role as the new temple was now being restored. All right, so for Thursday, um, encourage you to read. Uh, it will be in the book of Esther. So let's read Esther. We should be able to get through all of Esther. Well, let's try to do it. Let's try to get through all of Esther. So read the book of Esther for next Thursday. All right. Hope that uh, you have a a good week and uh, we'll see you on Thursday. See you then.